0: uh at Maple Hills which has been a ministry that has been started uh that was started a long time ago and uh for the last 6 uh 6 years yeah I've been able to uh take students from WISE that are free and go out there and we do a VBS and it's it's an awesome time. Now one of the things that that I get most excited about is that as you see pictures of students one of the one of the middle school boys his name was Buddy he's uh 10 now. So I knew him when he was 4 years old. And I've been able to see him grow up, and and now he comes to our ministry stuff on on Wednesday evenings. So what I'm really excited about with Awal and as it continues to to grow and changes is, is that they're becoming part of our community. That that we're not seeing a community that's three and a half miles away as a separate place, but that they're becoming part of our community, and it's really good. My plan this morning was to spend a lot of time talking about AWOL and sharing with you, with you some really great things about it. However, I uh, spent some time, and I read the message. When I, when I just read, read the Bible, I, I use the message. And I was reading last weekend, and I came to staff meeting on Monday after Andrea, I'm sure, was prepared to go a certain way with the service. And I had a message that... I told her I was going to title that I was going to use for my message and everything, and it changed because God, as I was reading, God showed up. One of our one of our desires that Why is that free is that you encounter God, and as I was reading a lot, God, I encountered God, and I knew I had a, a message to give that wasn't what I planned. So, so today I, I'm going to do the message that. That God showed me. And first service, I sat up here. It was weird. I came up and I was looking at the slides and coming up here. And I was like, I was struck. I, I couldn't even talk. So I, I'm feeling comfortable up here, but I want to make sure that I'm not hindering the Spirit. So will you guys pray with me and we'll, we'll invite him to be here with us. Father, you are a good God. And Spirit, you are powerful. And God, I know that our desire as, as the one that created the vision statement isn't just that we encounter you, but God, that your desire is that everyone in this place would encounter you. So Spirit, we ask you to move this morning. We know You're here. Help us to see You. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. How many of you have a father-in-law? Anyone have a father-in-law? I have a father-in-law. And I love my father-in-law. I met my father-in-law when when uh, I was working at a camp and there was this girl there. See, I was 14 and she was 13. And uh, she sparked my interest. And I, I met her and... She happens to be my wife right now. But when I was 13 and sparked interest, he, my father-in-law, didn't like that very much. The nice thing is summer would end, and so would our relationship, and we didn't live in the same town, and the problem is the next year she was there again. And he had to come to me, and my father-in-law said, Kevin... I don't allow Teresa to date till she's 16, but I guess it's okay if you are special friends. The conversation happened after a time where I was the most afraid of any person in my life. I was standing up front leading some worship at camp and, and uh, Teresa's and Dad was upset with me, and what are you doing?" Trying to court my daughter when you're 14 years old. And I saw him, I saw Teresa come in the door. And she walked in there, and my face goes, I was excited. And then about three seconds later, in the same doorway comes her dad. And I just went, I love him. We have a relationship that. I mean, 16 years. How many of people can say when they were 31 can say, I've known my father-in-law for 16 good years? My father-in-law and I were here at church a few weeks ago. And one of the favorite things about summer for me, by the way, this is a great summer. I love summer. But one of the great things about summer for me is that when we take a break from Sunday mornings and we restructure our ministry in the summer for student ministries, it allows me to come into the worship service. And I, and I really, really enjoy that. So my father-in-law and, and I and our wives and kids and were sitting together and we were listening to a message. And, and we have a lot at YZ have been talking about grace. And we have been talking a lot about the Spirit and the Spirit of grace. If you know me, or I can reveal some things, that fits perfect with me. I love that we are searching the Spirit, and that we are desiring to be a place full of grace. I'm I'm comfortable with grace. I I love grace. My father-in-law is a little different than me. My father-in-law being... Older than I am, and coming from a different generation, and all these different things, um, and just different background, is not as as comfortable with grace. And although we enjoyed the service very well, much together, we went afterwards, and I we went out to Fuddruckers after the service, and I said, "What What did you think?" I said, "I thought it was really good." He was and, "And I totally agree with what he's saying. What I'm nervous about." is that people will use that grace to mean license. That people will so much love grace that they forget that it's grace being poured on. That they begin to not care about God and do what they want themselves. It's so, okay fear to have. You know, there's a guy... Um, not a guy. There's a book in the Bible called Jude. He's also a guy. But Jude is this little, little tiny book. I mean, and in, in most Bibles, it's about a page. And some of us have it, it's about a page and a half. And Jude, this, the book of Jude was written in about 66 AD, which is 30-ish years after Christ is already gone. And Jude writes, in these end times, people have done just what my father-in-law was concerned about. Is that they have extended grace, and they've taken grace and transitioned it to mean license. And he, in, as you read Jude, it talks about that happening. And Jude is very concerned with that. And rightly so. We should be concerned that that grace does not equal, equal license. It shouldn't equal license. So he tells us in these later days. He said this is coming. It's going to happen. So he says this is how you persevere. So let's read what he says. If you would, um, most of, a lot of Judas telling us what he's scared, what is he thinks is going to happen, and then skip to seventeen with me. So this is what he says to the people he's addressing. The letters, the letter. He says. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ were told. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. We shouldn't be surprised, right? That we are in what these would be the end, the last times, the same as it was those thousands of years ago. But we're still going on. And we shouldn't be surprised because you'd even say that there... You've been told. There will be scoffers who follow their own um, ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow natural instincts, and do not have the Spirit. He says, but this, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Some of us in this room are really comfortable with grace. It's easy for us to talk about. We love to talk about grace. We really understand grace. Some of us in this room have a really hard time with grace because of fear of what that might, might come out of that grace. So Jude says, this is what you do then. How do you combat not allowing uh, grace to equal licensure? How do you how do you keep from sin infesting everything? This what he says. He says, "Keep yourselves in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit." You know what I love about Wyzetta lately, about Kevin as we share, as he shares. If you look at one thing. Loisetta is trying to do. We are trying to be in tune with the Spirit of God. Jude says if you don't want to go down that road, then pray in the Spirit. Be in the middle. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. I went to a church the other uh, about a month ago. I went to a church called uh, Living Word. And I've never been to Living Word before, but it's in Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center. And um, I was invited and I went and they had a speaker. His name was John Brevere. Never heard of him. Some of you might not have heard of him. I've never heard of him. But he, he wrote a book. And when he wrote the book, one of the people that read it was a guy by the name of Jimmy Baker. Jimmy Baker was spent a little time in my community of Rochester, Minnesota for a while. You see, Jimmy Baker was this TV evangelist. Except he was more than that. He was the TV evangelist. He was on top of, at that time, the Christian world. People who didn't know anything about God knew the name Jimmy Baker or his wife Tammy Faye. And... Jimmy Baker ended up spending time in, in Rochester, Minnesota at our federal penitentiary because he had tax evasion. He, he, he had affairs. He had all these different things. And he read John's book and, and he called John up and he said, John, I, I need to talk with you about this book. About this, what's going on in this book. The book dealt with, with God's reverence. For God. And God's love. And it talked about the, the, the differences of the two and, and how the two really aren't different, how they're intertwined. And, and I was listening to John tell a story. He said, you know, I sat down with, with uh, Jimmy. And I looked at him and I said, when did you fall out of love with God? Jimmy said, I, I, I never fell out of love with Christ. And John says, well, you, you had to have. I mean, you cheated on your wife. You had this, these, you're, you're cheating on your taxes. You're cheating on all these different things. You're, taking, you're using God's money for things that aren't right. He said, I never fell out of love with God. I just stopped fearing Him. I never fell out of love. I just stopped fearing Him. I love how the message writes this passage. Because it says, in order to combat the, the sin, he says, find yourself on the center of God's love. When we look at God, we can talk about his, this holy fear. We can talk about this reverence. We can talk about this, this almighty. We can talk about the merciful we can talk about the grace-filled. We can be talk about the, all know, the, the one who has come to serve. But God's love is both. Keeping ourselves in the center of God's love is accepting that grace full arm us out. It tells us, be ready for God's grace. Stand there and be ready in the center of God's grace but grace is awesome from God because he's all powerful because he's worthy of our reverence be in the center of God's love Jude also it also tells us in Jude to to be merciful to those who doubt let's keep going to uh, verse 22 it says be merciful to those who doubt snatch others from the fire and save them. We have a, a population that we talk a lot about in, in our church. Or, or I talk a lot about because I'm in student ministries. And I hear parents say, my kids are, are great when they're in student ministries. But, but what I'm worried about is when they go to college and they lose all this stuff. I have a best friend named Jonathan Myers. And Jonathan Myers grew up the the son of a preacher man. His dad was a preacher and John was on fire for God. After high school, a couple years, John's mom passed away of cancer. And John's life fell apart. It looked ugly. Started doing drugs. Started... Around with women, started all these different mysticism thoughts and all these different really, really just turned from God or doubted God. Maybe is the right word. Jude says, When that's happened, be merciful, be merciful to the doubter. In the last part of, of this passage, Jude writes, To others show mercy mixed with fear. He, even, even the clothing, stand by corrupt flesh. My father in law has a just fear. Jude has just concerns. We are. Need to call sin sin. Jesus, Jude says in here, he says he says, uh, "Call sin sin, hate in even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh." We at Wiseeta, we need to remember every time we speak of grace, grace, and, and not just at Wiseeta. Grace, by the way, it's we need it because of something. Without sin, grace doesn't make sense. If we, if we didn't sin, there would be no grace. As often as we talk about grace, we need to remember what it is that we're being saved from. God is gracious. But God is also reverent. And God is, is holy. Sin is sin. Sin is ugly. Sin is disgusting. Sin is gross. And Judah saying, don't forget that. As you do that, be tender to the sinner. Be tender to the sinner. Two stories of Jesus. One of them happens with... A, there's a woman who, who's being brought to Jesus by some teachers. And this woman was just caught in adultery. And, and at the time, the right thing to do was to stone her. Her sin demanded something, a consequence. Jesus got down. This is weird, but Jesus got down and he just started writing. And he said, you without sin, you'd be the first to throw the stone. And you know what happened? No one threw it. Jesus goes to the woman, he goes, where'd everyone go? Is there no one here? Now I don't condemn you either. Jesus, this God we serve, is full of grace. This God we serve is a loving, full of grace God who wants nothing more than to pour His grace out on us. In fact, one of our greatest acts of worship is to go and let it come. The neat thing about the story is that Jesus continues on and he deals with the sin. He goes, go and no longer live a life of sin. It is our job to be gracious. It is our job to be offended by sin. We should be. We should be offended by sin. Another story. There's a woman at a well, and Jesus is she's out there at an odd time and getting water. It's a, it's a hot part of the day, and she shouldn't normally be there, but she doesn't fit with society well. Jesus walks over and says, give me some water, and they exchange about this water. And, and later in the story, Jesus says, go and, and get your husband. And the woman says, uh, but I'm not married. Jesus goes, You're right, you're not married. You've been married five times. In fact, this person you're with now is not even your husband. Jesus knows sin. Jesus called her sin a sin. It was wrong. But Jesus was gracious. Jesus was gracious. He said, Drink this living water, you'll never be thirsty again. It's just, Jesus was gracious. Jude writes in the book to be aware. But Jesus, Jude doesn't tell us to be on guard like soldiers ready to defend. Jesus says take a posture of being in the center of God's love, ready to receive God's mercy. Don't be afraid to call sin, sin. But be gentle in how you do it. Grace is what God has for us. Let's pray. Father, You are a good God. You are a God that is so full of grace that, that if I spend the rest of my life saying thank You, it would not be enough. And God, You are also a God... That, that knows sin better than anyone else. Because every time I do it, you feel it. God, help me to be aware of sin. And help me to be aware of Your grace. To feel Your grace. You are an awesome God. A holy God. A gracious God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.